With the second pick, the Denver Broncos select Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller. Von Miller. Von Miller. Von Miller. Howdy, guys. I am Von Miller, and this is the Voncast, and we are live in the BR app. This is episode two with my guy, Josh Allen. While looking at some tweets throughout this last past week, and the very first tweet that we have is, this was the first time in franchise history that the Bills won a game that they never led until the last play of regulation. This is also the biggest comeback of your career, too. It was a tough game. Like, how did you feel about it? Did you? Of course, yeah. we, of course we felt like we was going to win the game, but... Like, being in real time, like, how did you feel, like, about that game? Well, 17 points going down 23. You know, the start that we had, kind of the, the interception in the first drive, giving them a short field. But down 23 right before half, going down there and getting points was huge for us. And obviously defense bowed up. You guys did a heck of a job getting this ball back a couple times. I mean, that pick that Poyer had in the end zone on. It's crazy. I know, but that was, I didn't realize how long that their drive was. I mean, it was like an eight, nine-minute yeah. drive. Like It's crazy. And they ended up with no points from that. That's that's huge. And then the pick, instead of being on the three-yard line, if it's an incomplete pass, right, we're backed up situation, just trying to get one first down for the field. Now we get the ball to 20. Now we got a chance to go down there and score and win. So, but again, I thought guys were pretty composed on the sideline. And Diggs likes to get animated. I don't know if you've yeah. been around him when he's been animated yet on the sideline. I tried to keep him at bay. He got a little <laughs> pumped up. But for the most part, I mean, you say it all the time, don't blink. And I don't think guys blinked. We just kind of stayed the course and figured it out. Yeah, I mean, we always talk about don't blink. And for me, being year 12, like, you know, games are always going to be games. And what I feel like where I'm at in my career, I like to look for the fun. And I, look, I like to look for the enjoyment in all of these games, whether we win or lose, which we're going to always win these games. But for me to be in the rain, like in Baltimore, in a crazy environment, I've been in games like that before. We played the San Diego Chargers. This was when they was in San Diego. We played the San Diego Chargers on Monday Night Football in 2012. And we went in a half. 21-0, like, in front of the whole nation. Second half, we came out. You know, Peyton throws a touchdown. We get a pick six. Peyton throws another touchdown. We kick the field goal, and it was done. And that kind of felt like the same type vibe. And I always like to look for the fun in the games. Even last week when we lost to the Dolphins, like, it was a fun game. And even though we lost, like, we went down to the fucking wire playing in this game. Like, and it just felt like, I don't know, we don't like to look back, but for me, it felt like you watch your little brother, like, fight an older kid or you watch your son like fight an older kid and even though he lost like you're looking at him like bro he's a he is a dog like he's gonna be great one day and that's how I felt about this team you know it's only been here for like six months and to see like us fight the way we did last game and this game like it really hit home for me that's where you build like the love for your teammates that's where you really like forge that bond like with your brothers going through games like that and you don't want to go through a, a whole season like untested or untried and even though we lost last week I said it was good medicine this win is good medicine, too. It just shows us, like, no matter what situation that we're in, like, we always have a chance to win the game. Whether we're positive or whatever it may be, like, you always have to go through the fire to, like, forge the team that we really have, man. And so being in that game, it was fun. You know, I always knew we was going to win. But even if it went the other way, like, I like to look for, like, the silver lining and, and situations like that. And, bro, it was fun, man. And, you know, whenever we win, we have fun. We make mm. a plane, do backflips on the way home. We have a fun team. And I really appreciate being on this team. This next tweet is my outfit. <laughs> it's my outfit before the game. Do you have any, like, outfits that you, do you get ready? Do you, like, how do you go about, like, your swag before game? Well, I got no swag, so I might need some help. You got swag, bro. You got I need swag. some help in your department. I, I, I wear a nice pair of Jordans every once in a while, but I, I wear my uh, travel suit for the most part. I try to think business 
And it's just one less thing for me to think about. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm wearing my travel suit. Don't have to worry about it. Don't have to stress about looking good for a picture. I saw the the tweet, the Beyonce sent it to you. And I understand that you had to wear this. Yeah, you were walking. So we were on the bus. You were walking actually down from the family section uh-huh. after the game. And some of the guys were just staring at you like, he looks like a freaking astronaut. Dude. <laughs> like, they, Beyonce, Adidas, they, they sent it to me. Ivy Park. I had a whole nother outfit I was going to go with, but I got this on, I think, Thursday in the mail. And I opened it up, and it was, a like, a silver bag. And it had, like, the little crossbody bag attached to it. And I started going through the bag, and it had, like, the hoodie and, like, the sweatpants. And then it had the, the boost to match. You pulled it off, dude. And I was like, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm like, bro, I'm wearing this. And I, even if it wasn't, like, from Beyonce, like, I would still, like, wear it. Because I feel like pregame outfits, postgame outfits, that's just part of, like, sports. You want to, like, look fresh. You want to, like... Not stand out in a way like like look at me, but I want to wear cool shit. Like that's yeah. just that's just how it is, and I feel like the meaning behind it, like it being like Beyonce and like Ivy Park, like Rama Rock this shit, and we got a whole team full of swagsters. We from, have a yeah, we from really Diggs do. to Saran, like to everybody on the team, even the, even the big guys like Daquan Jones, Roger Saffold, Roger Saffold, and, and Jordan Phillips, like Lumberjack Mitch, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, Mitch Morris, like. You know, everybody likes to dress up. You know, this is like, if we were like rappers or entertainers, like this would be our concert. And you want to like look good, like for the show. So it was from Beyonce. I, w- I would have wore it even if it wasn't from Beyonce. I'm going to need some help though. Like if going forward, I'm going to need some, some Man, fashion advice. I tell you I, what, we keep winning games like, bro, you can wear whatever you want to wear. Like I was with Peyton, suit every single time. Like no matter if it was preseason where we can run the travel suit, mm-hmm. like suit every single time. And he only had like three suits too. It was like the orange. He always liked to be color coded with the team. So when he was with the Colts, it was like a blue with like a gray pinstripe. And with the Broncos, it was like a blue with like an orange pinstripe with like tan. I'm sure if we do the research, like Peyton Manning has the same outfit like every other. He's probably still wearing it. <laughs> On the Manning cast, he still wears it. So you don't need any help, bro. We keep winning games, bro. You're going to create your own swag. This next tweet is the tweet from Lamar Jackson, which I got a lot of respect for Lamar Jackson. I think, like I said before, like year 12, you just start to like see like the silver lining in games. Lamar Jackson is a great player. You're a great player. Whenever they give you like props like this, man, after the game, like it's super cool. We're going to see these guys again. It's not going to be the first time that we play. It's not one of those games where you just like, of course, we're going to celebrate and we're going to hang out. This is what you do. The football guys do not like when you don't celebrate after yeah. games, especially big games like this. It's hard to win this league. Yeah, we beat the Baltimore Ravens, and you just got to take it in, but you got to know, like, in the back of your mind, like, we're going to play these guys again, and it's super hard to beat teams twice. This was a good tweet from uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, to give us our props. And I think you said, like, after the game, like, it's one of the many battles that we're going to have. Yeah, and again, he's, as an opposing quarterback, it's so frustrating to watch him on the field because it's third and 15. It doesn't matter. Like, it could yeah. first and 10, third and 15 – Basically the same thing, making plays with his feet. I mean, there was a couple times he was sacked in the backfield, but then he wasn't, you know, and he's finding a way to get out and he's outrunning everybody. But some of his throws he made the other day, too, were unbelievable. Some second window throws, I mean, around Tremaine, only where his guy can get it. The dude's a baller. And there's only a few, really few guys in the league like that. It doesn't matter what down or distance it is. Like, they've always got a chance. And he's he's one of those guys. And I, I said this last week, and I know you've said it, like, he's up next for that contract. Like, it's he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the highest paid guy. And that's kind of how how the league works. But he's he's betting on himself right now. And he's, he's playing playing fantastic football. And above all else, like, you can tell how teammates respond to a guy. Yeah. 100%. They all rally around him. You know, he just has this unique ability to make his teammates around him play better than what they normally would be. And I know he has a, a team full of ballers, but all the great leaders like you, like, you know, all the other great quarterbacks, Lamar, they just have this knack to have their teammates rise up 
to a level that they wouldn't normally play at. And I know I said something about his contract too. Like you want guys to get paid. Like you want guys to be the highest paid ever because that just lifts the floor for everybody else. And then you'll be back up again and you got to get another one right here. So, you know, I've always uh, been an advocate of guys getting paid. Like, and especially like a guy like Lamar Jackson, he's done everything under the sun that you could possibly do to put himself in great position for the next contract. And he even took it a step further, you know, betting on himself and the price is, is, is only mm-hmm. going up. And Everybody around the league should want him to get paid because once he gets paid, it helps rise the pass versus contracts. You got Michael Parsons and all these guys coming up. And it rises up the wide receivers contract and the offensive line and then everybody that has to go against these guys. So I'm always a big advocate for guys getting paid. And we got B. Henderson, 91. We got a flat tire in Harrison, Pennsylvania on the way to Buffalo to the Baltimore game. And we Ubered the rest of the way and still made it. That's love. That's crazy. And that just shows you like, Bills Mafia, like they go all the way out for their team. I've been, a, I've been a part of you know two other great fan bases from Rams House, the Ramley to Broncos Country, and everything that they do there. And you know, it's not a knock on anybody else. Just Bills Mafia is just, is just different, man. This is all we have here is, is football, man, and it definitely feels great to be a part of this. This next tweet, of course, this went viral. We got no. we got Dorsey's meltdown, and you know, I start first. Like, you know, you after the game, you see stuff like this, and. You, you don't you see the plays and stuff in the game. And I saw this clip and I saw Dorsey going crazy. Like, and for me, like it felt good that somebody cared just as much as I did to win this game. And to see him like just go ballistic, bro, it just shows you like nobody loves losing. You know, and I've been on teams before, like, you know, coaches, they just get in this autopilot where we win or we lose, they just stay the yeah. same. And you know, to see Dorsey's expectation for us to win every single game and him to put his all into each and every game and, like, react like that, bro, as a defensive guy, like, I loved it, bro. As a quarterback, how, how did you feel about it? I know, I thought the same way. Like, I, I got on the bus after the game, and obviously, like, offense, we played 93 plays that game in 110 degrees. That's what it felt like on the field and humidity. Like, guys were tired, were sore, were beat up. And I get on the bus, and he goes, do you see the video? <laughs> I'm like, No. Pulls it out and shows it to me. I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, ah, the emotions got the best of me. I'm like, one, I'm kind of upset that they they showed that on air. Like, you you kind of want to protect. Like, yeah, you, you put in these that? cameras. Yeah, like, yeah, you like, that? yeah, you want to protect. You want to you show the good. You don't want to show the bad. Like, but again, that's what people people want to see. But to actually have real emotion and to be fired up about that, like, guys feel that. Yeah. Like, we know that he busts his tail game playing all week. He works extremely hard. His call sheet is pristine. Like, the amount of effort that he puts into his call sheet. Like, I know it sounds simple, but as an offensive coordinator, like, that's your toolbox right there. Like, and he's got a lot of help, whether it's Rob Boris, Skip, Joe, like, guys that are in his ear helping him out, Schultz. He takes a lot of pride in it, man. Like, when you when you lose, you should be frustrated. Like, I said that, and this is kind of a quote that's been around for a long time. Like, you show me a, a guy that's okay with losing, I'll show you a loser, 100%. you know? Like, but yeah, guys appreciate it. We love it, and it feels you to be better. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. It wouldn't matter to me, like, if he reacted like that, you know, every single time, bro, like, I would love it. Bro. I really don't see I really don't see a problem with it. And I've been in the league a long time, and I've never – I'm sure coaches have done that before, but I just – we just never see it. And it just it just feels good to know that somebody, like, cares just as much as the players do. The Bills Mafia, Bills fans, they've donated more than 1,000 donations to us, charity, since he suffered a concussion in the Bengals game on Thursday night. And this is just another testament – to Bills Mafia. And I'm sure they, they did this before. They did this with uh, Andy Dalton's, you know, charity after. They did it with I, Lamar's a couple of years they ago. Did they it did with it Lamar's. With, with me yep. and, and the Patricia Allen Fund here. I'm still speechless kind of about my situation and what it's kind of turned into. And it's something that's near and dear to my heart now that I'm going to 
be able to help raise money for her really for the rest of my life. And, you know, my grandmother's now memorialized there. They got the Patricia Allen wing and we got the fund there and the foundation that, again, finding new ways, whether it's like auctioning stuff off, my cause for cleats, golf tournaments in the future, like the Team 17 membership that we're, we're starting to do there. Like, it's just so cool. And Bill's Mafia, again, they, they set the standard, really. Like, they, they understand that we play this game of football and we're human at the end of the day. But for them to go do that to, you know, they've done it for Andy, they did it for Lamar, but now like a division rival. Like, yeah. we're supposed to hate each other, right? Like That's what they want. Yeah. That's what people want to see. But again, just going against the grain and doing something and making something that's that's bad and turning it into good. And I think Bill's Mafia is the uh, best example of that. You know, two is going to be out this week uh, versus the Jets. And I think, you know, I think it's good. I think it should take as much time as he can to, you know, get back to 100%. You don't want to rush into these things. You know, football is just a dangerous sport. That's why people love it. You know, we try to make it as safe as possible. But at the end of the day, it is a dangerous sport. And they're humans out there. And even though, like, we go against these guys, like, they're our brothers at the end of the day. You know, they're our colleagues. And, you know, I, I, I sit and I pray before each and every game, you know, to protect, you know, all of my teammates, my opponents, and our family of friends from uh, any major hurt, harm, or danger. And that goes to everybody, man. You never want to see, you know, Tua go out. You never want to see anybody you know, have yeah. the type of injury that they had. So even though he's not playing, you know, I, I feel like he should take as much, you know, time as possible to, you know, get back to 100%. It's all about player safety. And at the end of the day, like, we're humans. Like, we really are. And I know when we out there, we look like, you know, tough guys and this and that. Like, they, we look like robots or whatever it may be out there, like, just bashing against each other. But underneath that helmet and underneath the shoulder pads and all that stuff, like, we're humans and we have a mom and a dad and brothers and sisters and kids. And you always want to go back and make it home back to your family and friends for sure. Josh actually brought me here, you know, in free agency, when free agency started, first day was pretty slow. I was in the Bahamas chilling and, um, you know, I'm asleep. I got the phone like right next to me. Um, this is the whole day. So that tells you like, we had a lot of fun in the Bahamas. Yeah. I'm asleep during the day and I had like my phone next to me and it, it never rang. And then my agent called me the night before and he was like, hey, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills, they might be interested. And I was like, cool, because I always thought like I was going back to Los Angeles Rams. Like, I just wanted to hear everybody else's, you know, spiel. Like, this is the first time in my whole career, my whole 12 year career where I get like recruited by other guys. And my agent told me like the Bills is going to like reach out. And the next morning he said they gave Josh Allen my number. He was going to call me. And, um, you know, Josh called me. He FaceTimed me. And it was crazy because. I had reached out to these guys like three years before, like not like you know I was I was just trying to see like you know how. Hey, Buffalo I think you messaged me like, "What's up with Buffalo?" I'm like yeah, question like, mark, like it's like oh, it was pretty cool. Like again, I'm like new in this league, two two years in, I get a message from Von Miller, like like goes, "This is freaking cool." Like I was I was kind of starstruck. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, "Bro, how's Buffalo? Like, how is it, man?" I, you know, I was I messaged Poe and Tremaine and. You know, Tredavious and all these guys. I was just asking them, like, you know, how it was. But Josh called me. You know, we on FaceTime. And he was like, hey, man, you know, you get here, bro. Like, gave me the whole spiel. And I was, and I was like, man, this is cool, man. Because nobody else, everybody takes me. You know, of course, my, my brothers from the Rams, like, they text me and they reached out to me. But to, like, have somebody else from another team, like, reach out to me, it just, you know, when you get recruited, like, it feels cool to, like, get that handwritten note or, like, mm-hmm. get that FaceTime. And, you know, I talked to Josh Allen and Diggs on the phone. Like, they both called me. And it was super cool, bro, like, to get, like, a message from these guys. I'm sitting in Bahamas, and it's on my vlog on YouTube, and I'm sitting here on FaceTime talking to Josh Allen in the Bahamas on the beach, man. It was super cool. What did, what did Bean, like, what was his spiel to you to, like, get in touch with me? Yeah, man, he's just, just like, hey, like, here's his number. If you want to call, 
That'd be great. Obviously, try to try to convince you and <laughs> drag you away from Los Angeles to, to Buffalo, which is no easy task, you know. But at the end of the day, like understanding where we're at as a football team and what we need to do to take that next step. I was just like, I'm all in. Like, I'll do whatever it takes. Um, so, yeah, I, I was at the golf course. I was actually with Matt Barkley. And I was FaceTiming. I'm pretty sure I FaceTimed him three or four times. Yeah, yeah, FaceTime. Yeah, FaceTime. It was cool, bro. I ain't gonna lie. We had talked a few times, and it was like, I mean, Bean was like, like, what's up? I'm like, relax. Like, I just got off the phone with him. I I said he was gonna call me in a little bit, and I think you got on a plane. I went to call you, and like, went straight to voicemail. And he, Bean, called me. Was like, I'm not. I can't get it through to this guy. Did he block me? Did he do this? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. We'll figure it out when it happens. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We'll figure it out. But yeah, that was a that was an interesting day. I worked my tail off. You know? yeah, yeah, you did, man. Yeah, it was good, man. I I felt like family, bro. I didn't feel like you know it was just a spiel to get me here. And I'm a fan of football too. I felt like I belonged here. And when I agreed to the deal, right, and I told Bean, I told other guys that I wanted to like, I wanted to announce it myself, right. So I agreed to it, and like 30 minutes passed by. To be honest, I was still like trying to process it in like. My mom, like, L.A. to Buffalo, like, I could go rush with, like, Aaron Donald for the rest of my career. Don't It don't even matter about wins or losses. Like, I could just rush with Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and, and Greg Gaines, and we're going to have, like, a crazy pass rush for the rest of my career. Like, and I, I just kept, like, going back and forth, and I had um, agreed to the deal, and Bean had called me, and he was like, hey, so, uh, what's up? <laughs> He's like, what's up? Are you going to announce it? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, taking my time with it. And Josh had called me, too, and he was like, hey, uh, what you going to do? Like, like, all right, let's get it done. And I was like, oh, you're right, man. Like, I need to stop procrastinating, man. And I had posted on my Instagram. I was like, Bill's Mafia was good. It's 40 open. And like, the rest is history. And I just had to turn off my phone, too, because I was still talking to like Coach McVay and like Odell and like Aaron Donald and all those guys. And, you know, it was just so hard for me to like, as you can imagine. It's a big bro. decision. Yeah, bro. Just, it was just because I respect all of those guys, bro. It was just so hard for me to say, like, hey, I'm gone, man. Like, yeah. and even the next day when I came, I was still going back and forth. I know everybody's heard about those stories, but, you know, the rest is history. You know, we're here. You get to know some of these guys. You get to be around Coach McDermott. Coach McDermott, I've been a fan of football, so I, I know he's a defensive-minded coach. And he's typically been, like, a tough guy, like, you know, like a hard coach. And when I got here... It just seems like you just have such an effect on not only Coach McDermott, but this whole team. Like, you just have, like, this happy, like, the moment is never too big, whether it's big or not. Like, you just have this easygoing, like, personality about you. And whether it's the lunch ladies or, like, the janitors or, like, the training staff with, like, Nate and Tabani, like, everybody's so loose. And I think that is a testament to you. Were you like that in college and high school, too? I've, I've been like that. Really, for as long as I, I can remember. And again, like, I have so much joy in playing this game. Like, I get to go to work and do what I've wanted to do for my entire life and be an NFL quarterback. So, like, I get, I'm pumped up. Like, every day I wake up, like, I get to do my dream job. And, like, I'm going to have fun with it. Like, I get to be in a locker room full of dudes that are the prospective best at what they do. They, they work extremely hard. You work extremely hard. Poyer, my, like, everybody in, in our building, like, has this mindset and this goal of going together and trying to get this goal done. And, like, that's, it's inspiring to me. And, like, to know that, like, I get to be the quarterback here and, like, again, play for such a, an excited fan base in Bill's Mafia. Like, it's not like this everywhere else. And, like, I, I count my blessings every day to have the relationship that I have with Brandon Bean and the relationship that I have with Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey and, like, the coaching staff and the training staff that I've had here. There's been so much consistency that, it's not like that everywhere. No, you know? it's not. I'm, like I know guys that I'm have had different not. quarterback coaches, different coordinators and head coaches every single year that they've been in the league. And to know that I've been basically with the same staff now going into my fifth year, 
there hasn't been much turnover. Like to be able to develop and build those relationships, I think that's a huge part of it is just keeping the same guys and the front office and really, you know, the Pagulas trusting who that they've hired, that they are the right people for the job. And it might have taken some time to get there, but the culture and, you know, where we're trying to go, um, in my opinion, is in the right spot. Yeah, I mean, we're in the right spot and I'm sure we lost four straight Super Bowls and it's like a lot of expectation. We want to go out there and win. And I'm sure every, each and every time that you go out there, like it's a lot of emotions that, that you feel like you just have to get yourself up for each and every game. To go out there and play in, at a level that you're playing at, you have to go to a certain place before every game. And you, you throw up before every game. And it's crazy because for some reason, like I always hear it or I'm always around it. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm in the mirror, like putting in my towel, like, looking at myself, trying to get my game face on. And I just, uh, I just, uh, and like, I don't even have to like look around and like see who it is. Like, I just know, I just know it's Josh. And the way that I like positive self-talk to myself is like, okay, like they throwing up before the game, but I am ready for this. Like, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna win this shit by myself. Like I got him. Like I got everybody. This is the positive self-talk that I have with myself. Like to throw up before every game. Cause I used to do it like when I was young. I used to throw up before every game, but like now it's like you're like you're 33. And I always like to do as much as I possibly can to really have peace. And I know we talked about this with the Bills, but I like to just have peace before every game. And I put myself in a mindset where like no matter what happens, even though I'm expecting to win, even though I'm expecting to go out there and do something crazy, like I'm at peace, whatever happens. But to throw up before every game, like, that's just what you have to do before every game to get you in the right mindset. Dude, like, I, it's it's not like a, a an anxiety. Like, I don't feel it anywhere else. I just get this weird, like, gaggy sensation. I know it sounds weird. And, like, I'm a creature of habit. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly superstitious. I might not be superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. That's a quote from The Office. But <laughs> every, like, there's just a trigger. As soon as we get done with our... Pre-game, I run inside. I put my helmet by by my locker room. And it's just like, all right, I gotta I gotta get something up. Yeah. And going back to even in um, at Wyoming College, like I I didn't throw up before games. And like throughout the game, I would yeah. I would gag, I would dry heave, and like I would throw a ball on my thumb. Like there's just some weird things that would happen with my body that I just didn't feel right. Going to my rookie year, it was either rookie year or second year. We were at Detroit Lions for the preseason game, and like I finally I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna try it. I, I threw up. And that game, I was just like, I didn't have any of those symptoms. Like, it was just like the weirdest thing. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to have to start doing this from now on. And, you know, I've got, I've got some guys that usually throw up in, in the room with me. Sometimes yeah. they're there. Sometimes they're not. I'm, Everybody I'm, just like, ah, ah, Exactly. Going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it's like 21 Jump Street, right? Where they're like. Everybody going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, it's just, it doesn't make me feel any, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just, it's something that I do. And I think it's. I try to convince myself that's like a primal, yeah. like something primal, like, you know, hungry warrior is going to fight harder. Yeah. So like, it's my body telling me like, all right, get this up so you can go out there and, and fight harder. So that's the way I try to phrase it in my mind, whether that's true or false, who the hell knows. Uh, but that's what I do. Bro, I, like, I used to throw up before every game, but mine was just like, bro, I, it's a little anxiety. Not like I was afraid to like go out there and play. It's just like, bro, I want to go out there and I want to do something special each and every game. The record for sex. The record for sacks in a single game was set by Derek Thomas. He had seven sacks in a game. And whenever I'm going out there, I'm trying to... Have you been close? No, the most I've had was three. And so Derek Thomas, he actually missed the eighth sack in the game. And the guy threw a touchdown and they won the game. It was versus the Seattle Seahawks in Kansas City. So, like, I want to go out there and I want to do something crazy, like, before each and every game. So, like, when I used to throw up, it just used to put me in the right mindset. So I can I can honestly feel... You know, I can honestly feel you on, on throwing up a every game. Speaking of greatness, 
the Yankees, Aaron Judge just hit number 62. So as we speak, man, records is getting broken right now, man. Shout out to, you know, to Aaron Judge, man. I've been a fan of him for a very long time. Like, super cool. Did you play baseball? I did play baseball up in up until my last year of high school. I almost played in junior college, but ended up transferring out mid-year to Wyoming. So that's crazy, man. Shout out to Aaron Judge, man. And you know, I've been around a lot of great quarterbacks. I've been around a lot greatness. You know, my whole career I've been blessed. You know, I've been around Peyton Manning. I've been around Matthew Stafford. And I I would even say like Tim Tebow, because even though that we didn't have like the success in the postseason like everybody would imagine. Like we, you know, I got to play with Tim Tebow. He's just a natural born leader. You know, he's a winner. And it just kind of rubbed off on me and the rest of the locker room. We got another question is like, if I could add one former teammate to this build team, who would I add? I mean, come on, everybody, you know, everybody knows that question, man. I would add my guy Odell, man. And I know we're like, mm. we got, we got receivers. I know we got receivers. I know we got some of the best receivers in the game. It's just the type of guy that he is and the type of energy that he brings to the locker room, like it's Odell Beckham. Like I've been knowing a guy for eight years now. And, you know, from his his point of view about stuff, like, you know, I don't really feel like that about like a lot of people, but like I get his point of view. Like I get his point of view. I just feel like in a different lifetime, like we was like brothers at some point, like, you know, we grew up together, like not like as young kids, but in the league, like we've grew up and had success and had failures and had to overcome it. So if I could add anybody to this team, which we never know, it might, it might happen. You know, I love to play GM sometimes. Like, Duly noted. You know, I love to play GM. I know we FaceTime Odell, like, early in, before the season even started. Like, Odell's just such a great guy. You know, he's visiting the Giants and doing all this stuff. But, you know, he, <laughs> I think he's going to, I think he, I think at the end of it, you know, we, we'll see Odell in a great place. I've been around a lot of great quarterbacks. I've been around greatness. And the energy that Josh really brings to this team, like, I really enjoy it, man. Like, I know it's year 12 and, like, but I come to work, like, each and every day, and it's fun. Like, you guys make it fun from you and the D-line and, you know, the receivers and our coaching staff. Like, to have Coach Washington, Coach Frazier, Coach McDermott. Like, everybody's so centered around winning. And you'll be surprised. Like, even though you go out each and every week to win, like, it's only a few teams that really put everything into winning each and every year, each and every game. So, it's it's been great, man. And I've, I got to witness it off the football field, too, like, I play golf with with Josh and Jordan Poirier. Jordan Poirier is like my designated golf buddy. You know, whenever I'm going, I could just text Jordan and he'll he'll like pull up and he'll come golf with us. Like I got to golf with you guys at Craig Burn. Mm-hmm. And some of the success that these guys are having, like I saw it on the golf course. You know, I saw guys like put it together and, you know, string together some pars. And you really get to know guys like off the football field. You really get to know guys like outside of our element. You know, you get to see the, the way they react to success. You get to see the way they react to failure. And being on a golf course with these guys, man, it, it was super cool. How long have you been playing golf? Really since, I mean, a little bit in college. Like, my dad would take me when I was a kid every every once in a while. But it wasn't like going to the range and, and having range sessions. And um, But the house that I got here in Buffalo now, it's, uh, it's very well equipped for golf and yeah. trying to make my game better. And yeah. I've seen... My game already increased. I got a simulator in the basement now and a nice little outdoor yeah, you green do, right? too. Bro, he, his house, like I see my I see myself and Josh, like when it comes to our like our team and our teammates, I design like my whole basement around like my teammates with the Denver Broncos. Like Pot Rose, he was 360 pounds. And sometimes we would go out, like he would he would like be hesitant to like sit in chairs. So when I design like my basement, every chair and every piece of furniture in my basement is 
it's going to hold up to 450 pounds or more. Like, I've designed my whole basement in Denver before I, like, sold it. I designed it around my teammates from the bar to, like, the games. And when I went over to your house and I saw, like, the Par 3 and the golf simulator, like, it reminded me of my basement, bro. Like, it's super cool. I know you got the, the F1 simulator coming and, like, and all this cool stuff, man. It's, it's cool to, to, like, to, like, see, like, the things that I did early on in my career and you guys, bro. Super cool. It is it is kind of a, a surreal position, though, like, when you're able to do that, too. And, like, have teammates over. And, like, again, we're in Buffalo. Like, there's there's not a whole lot going on, like, in terms of off the field. Like, what's cool about our locker room is guys want to hang out with yeah. each other. Like, last week, I it was Monday Night Football. I texted the guys, like, 3 or 4 o'clock. I was just like, hey, I'll order pizza and wings. Come over if you want to come and, like, just let me know. And all of a sudden, it was like, yes, 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 yes. I was like, I got to order. I got to order some more food now. So, but like at the drop of the hat, guys are just like, yeah, we, we want to hang out. We want to have a good time. We want to, you know, build that, that camaraderie off the field. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I've been a firm believer in that for a long time that that pays dividends on the field. It does. It does. And you always, you just ask yourself, like, what do championship teams do? Like, we all can answer that question. Like they hang out, they get to know each other. They, they spend time, they spend time. They truly care about each other. We got a question from Joseph Stopa. And he asked, what is your favorite golf course and why? Well, here in Buffalo, like, we got a lot of amazing golf courses. And I really like playing at Craigburn. It's, it's a tough course. It's a championship course. You know, they have a lot of water hazards, a lot of, a lot of grass, a lot of grass around like Fescue. the golf course. It is, it is a tough course. What is your favorite course to play at? Yeah, I'm, I mean, again, Cra- like Craigburn was like the first golf membership I've ever had. So like it's got a special place near to my heart. But I've... This last year was a really good year for golf in terms of places that I got to play. I got to play uh, Augusta National, which was freaking awesome. I got to play Cypress, Pebble Beach, um, Spyglass, Shadow Creek, like some really, really good Shadow courses. Creek is cool. um, but Creek I think Spyglass. if I had to choose one, I think I'm, I'm going with Cypress. And I got to play um, with my dad and actually Jim Nance, who's calling our game this week. And yeah, he's from that area. He lives. He lives. He, there, he right? lives on. Yeah, he lives in. Or he's got a place at Pebble and. Um, yeah, he was very gracious to take us out and it was just, it's, it's a special place, man. It's, it's, uh, it's like spiritual. Cause when you walk it, like it's like every six hole, like those six holes are different. Like the first six are kind of like kind of woodsy. Then the second six are kind of dunes. And then the last six are like right by the water. And it's got two of the coolest par threes back to back that you'll ever play. Like it, it's, it's special. It's a special place. Oh, man, that's cool, man. I, I like going to golf with like all my buddies. And I like hanging out too, man. And really, my very first time hanging out with Josh. Like, he invited me over, man. We're hanging out, gambling a little bit. And we started playing Blu-ray. And all of a sudden, like, I'm the one getting booed for everything. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, dang, like, are they, is this a prank? Like, are they doing this on purpose? Like, is everybody is everybody just cheating no, me? No, no, is everybody no, no. cheating me because they want to see how I you're react? Not, you're not doing this. You're not doing <laughs> this to the viewers right now. We've got seven other guys that would attest to you probably booed 30 times and we only booed you twice like, because again it, it was always my fault for some reason it was all my it would always be like my Von fault. Miller first time coming over like all right we'll let it slide like <laughs> heating it up walking away he's taking a couple hundred yeah, bucks yeah, from you know, everybody was, you know he's he's the big winner of the night and I got I got booed the most but I ended up you know leaving with the most so it was all good but I really thought like it was a point in time where I was like okay this is initiation like they're just trying to see how I react. They're just trying to see, like, what type of guy I am. I'm going to keep it cool, man. I, you know, I'm going to chill. The crazy part, we were taking it easy on you, too. <laughs> he said they were taking it easy on me. Blu-ray is just one of those games where, like, you just, you know, friendships, they'll come into question. Like, you got to play with, like, your boys, like, your real boys or, you know, a lot of stuff when they come into question. 
no, Josh, like I said it before, like, he reminds me, like, of Will Ferrell. Like, he doesn't take anything serious. And if this was a movie, it would be the football version of Talladega Nights. Who would play? We know, like, you would be Will Ferrell. Who would be myself? Go Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Because he is funny. He is funny. We got Stefan Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie's Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart for sure. A little guy. Um, Stefan Diggs. I don't know the actor's name, but from The Boys. A-Train. Have you seen The Boys? I haven't. On Amazon? I got to watch it after this. I gotta, oh, I got to pull up. But A-Train. I got to pull up a pick of them. Who would be, who would be Dawson Knox and Devin Singletary? Dawson Knox would be, if, if we can get Seth Rogen to lose some weight, <laughs> we sure, can get man. him. Um, and then Devin Singletary. Hmm. The guy from Tenet. I, I got... Is that Denzel's son? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, Denzel's son for sure. We got Jordan Poirier and Case Keenum. I know, I know like Troy Aikman is not like uh, an actor or anything, but I would have like a young Troy Aikman. That's Stephon Diggs yeah. right there. That's Show him. <laughs> I don't know where I'm looking at, but that's Stephon Diggs, A-Train from the boys. I would have I've like, always told him that too. Like last year... He still hadn't paid up. I said, if I can get you three touchdown game for Halloween, you dress up as A-Train. He's got to. He's got to this year. <laughs> I would say, like, you know, of course, Troy Aikman, he's not an actor, but Case Keenum, he just reminds me of, like, Troy Aikman. Ever since he came to the Broncos, like, he reminds me. Ryan Gosling would play Case. Ryan Gosling? Yeah. I like that. I like that for sure. And even talking about the Broncos, like, we got some what-ifs here. All right. We got some what-ifs. And I always like to play GM. And in 2018, we had the chance— to draft Josh Allen, of course we took Bradley Chubb, and I love Bradley Chubb. Like that is my brother. And if we would have took Josh, I would have never been able to build that relationship with Bradley Chubb. But what if Josh Allen came to the Denver Broncos in 2018? It would have been crazy, bro. He coming from Wyoming, coming to Denver. Yeah, you and me both would have been first year Bills this year. <laughs> it was crazy, bro. <laughs> Michelle, man, and, and the crazy thing is, in 2011. I was supposed to get drafted to the Buffalo Bills at three, but the Broncos ended up taking me like the night before, like the night before the draft, like all through, all through like, you know, off season training and like draft prep and all of that stuff. Like agents telling me you're going to three, you're going, you're going three to Buffalo Bills, three to Buffalo Bills. And then the night before I was actually at a dinner for uh, president Obama. And they like one of, one of my agency told me like, Hey, the, the Broncos are like, Super interested. I think like good name drop too. <laughs> he said, "I think like they're gonna take you. I think they're gonna take you number two. And like the draft came, and like I still wasn't sure. Like because in my heart, like I always felt like I was the best player in the draft. Of course, like they took the Carolina Panthers. They took Cam Newton number one. So I was still like, dang, like where I'm gonna go? And then like boom, I get this call from John Fox and and, and Dennis Allen, and you know I, I ended up going to the Denver Broncos and. You know, I guess we'll never know because we're here on the same team and we got a lot of high aspirations this year. So it is it is super good. You know, I'm going to move to Stefan Diggs because I got Stefan Diggs on the show next next week. I love Stefan, like been a fan of Stefan before I even got here. You and Stefan, like, to be honest, like if y'all weren't here, like it would really be no reason like for me to come here. Like you guys came here, you guys are like superstars. And like I knew like if y'all could be comfortable here and if y'all loved it, like I could love it too, man. So. What is what is Stefan Diggs meant to your development? I mean, he's he's meant he's meant a lot, and just in terms of you, you talk about on the field play, like having a guy that you can rely on to to go get open, catch the ball, but mentally on and off the field, mindset wise, like 
And it's just been really cool though to like see his growth as a not just as a player, but as a person too, since he got here. You know, having the whole media reputation of, you know, he's this diva that didn't didn't want to be in Minnesota and forced his way out and he's gonna hate it here in Buffalo. And man, he's like he's just he's grown. He's grown so much and it's been so cool to see his progression. And again, I think he's the best receiver in the game. And I'm so fortunate, you know, to play with a with a guy of his caliber and we get along so well. We joke around with each other. Um, you talk about being a brother with Bradley. Like, that's that's my brother right there. And being able to be comfortable and him be himself, me be myself around each other. And, again, I think everybody in the locker room kind of feels that way where you can you can be yourself. Coach McDermott does a, a great job. It's like he wants you to be you. He wants you to wear your emotions on your sleeve. He wants you to be yourself and let your personality out. So, um, yeah, he, he's been a lot, and I uh, freaking love the guy. You know, I go in here and I, I say it. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs is the best receiver in the game. Um, Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the game. And they are the best duo in the game. But your opinion, like, what are top, What are the other top five? You don't even have to say five, but what are some of the other duos, quarterback, wide receiver duos that you, like, think are, like, top five or up there? Yeah, I'm going to – Trick question and go Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I, I I consider him, he's a receiver, you know. The way that they're on the same page all the time, it's it's awesome. I would go, so top five? Am I on there or do I exclude No, no we're not going to talk. We, you know, okay, talk. I already right. said it. I got you. Uh, not, you know. Good, good, good. <laughs> we got Joe and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I think Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are up there. So that's three. Uh, let's see. Who else would be up there? Probably Tom and Mike Evans. Of course. Help me out here. I like, uh, I like, you know, I know it's still early, but I like Jalen Hurts and I like AJ Brown. Brown. Like, you know, those guys. That's a pretty good duo, too. I, you know, I like I like those guys. Like, 4-0, man. You know, the Eagles, they going crazy. Like, a lot of respect to those guys, man. You and Diggs, best duo in the league. You got to have, like, a cool handshake. Like, how did this handshake come about? We've had, I mean, five or six different handshakes <laughs> over the course. Like, it's... It's been ever changing, ever evolving. It's like one day it's like, all right, you know what? We're going to add this. It's like, all right, it's as soon as we do that, it's like added forever and we have to remember it. So I have a handshake basically with all of my guys, like all receivers, all running backs, all the linemen. So like pregame, like when we do our, our team for our two or three plays that we do before we go in the locker room, make sure that I could do every handshake. You know, I do Dion and I do Roger and Mitch and then I go – Bates and then Spence and then Dawson and then Gabe, Isaiah, Steph and then Motor and then like it's just you got to have it with everybody. You got man. to, like, man. And it's just something that's little. They're not all super extravagant, yeah. But there's some there's some fun ones in there that uh, you know that'll I'll do forever with those guys. You know. And speaking about forever, like Dig said, he wants to grow old with Josh. Like, what does that look like for you? I don't know, man. That's uh. When he said that, it made me feel a little uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, I freaking, I love, I love him, man. Like again, you talk about just a guy that he's changed my life, and I, I feel like I've changed his life. So to to be able to have a guy and feel like you're kind of in the same position as somebody, be able to lean on him and him lean on you, it, it's it's been special. And again, he's here for the long haul. I'm here for the long haul. You're here for the long haul. Like being able to have, again continue to develop that that relationship and. You know we're we're on a we're on a good level right now. Like it's, it's body language, it's eye contact. It's like, all right, I, I look at him. I know what he's gonna do. You know, if I call a certain route and he gives me a look, like I, I know what he's gonna do. Like and to be ahead of the curve, like that. Like it's just that's it's hard for 
it's hard to stop, you know, like to be on the same page with somebody and know exactly what he's going to do before he does it. Um, it's definitely a, a, a positive. It, uh, it's, it's, it's a positive man and a special man. And I've been around for, for 12 years, man. And it's an honor and a privilege to be here. It's an honor and a privilege to be your teammate. You know, I'm going to end. I always like to end with a top five. And I just want to ask you, like Josh Allen, Mr. MVP. I call it. You don't have to say it. Mr. MVP. What are your top five defenses or players in those top five defenses that give you the most problems or the most trouble? I mean, I'm going to I'll take the easy way out for the first answer and go our defense and training camp. Again, the guys that we have are, are pretty special. And, you know, hopefully we get Trey White out there back soon because he's a special player. You talk about Jordan, Micah, um, yourself, uh, Matt and Tremaine, like guys that are just, again, that have grown in this system and know it like the back of their hand man it's been it's been awesome to see you guys work and continue to get better each and every week even when we lose guys like it's just guys step in do their job and Frazier's been doing a great job with you guys and putting you guys in positions to be successful that's been awesome but in terms of like just guys out there man like again Aaron Donald like making sure that you've got two on them at all times four four hands like you have to have four hands on even them at all sometimes times. that's that's not even and sometimes it's not yeah. enough yeah um he's up there um I thought Joey Bosa, when I played him a couple years ago, he was pretty dominant. Yeah, Joey and Nick, both of those guys. Were both like of them, yeah. Crazy. I don't, I don't think I've played Nick yet. We played the Niners, but I don't think he was, he was on the field at that time. Miles Garrett's another one, just a physical freak He's of an nature. Aggie. Go Aggies! <laughs> just a freak of nature, man. They can, they can change the game. I'm trying to think here. There's, there's been some, some special ones. I think, you know, obviously who we're going up against this week. T.J. Watt probably is not going, but. Guy inside, Cam Hayward. Yep. I think he's one of the more underappreciated defensive linemen in the league. Like that's my draft class. He's, he's got all the tools to freaking change a game too, and he's he's gotten to me a couple times. He's hit me a couple times and forced a couple picks. He's a special player. He really is. So that's something on on our radars this week. We got to be aware of. And uh, you know, I think in the back end, even I'm, I'm gonna go this week as well. Mike Minka Fitzpatrick, who's uh, he's my draft class. Yeah. He's, um, one of, he's one of the best. Still the young, game. but again, like the the ways that he can change a game. He's a ball hawk, and he's he's really never where he's supposed to be in terms of like what I'm seeing. Like if I'm thinking like it's post high, like I should know where he's at. Yeah, but he's not. It's like all right, I don't I don't know what coverage they're doing because he's just kind of going real. Like they kind of give him that that leeway to just jump routes and and use his instincts. And again, he's he's rarely ever wrong, and he just continues to make plays. So I got a lot of respect for the guys we're playing this week. Man, Josh, like, you know, I appreciate you, man. Um, it's all love, all respect, man. I know we uh do we got some do we got some fan questions after this? No, not that one. Do we got some <laughs> do we got some do we got some fan questions that we want to ask, like ranch or blue cheese? And I can answer this one for you. Like, of course it's blue cheese. Like, it has to be. People look at you different, like here if you if you ask for ranch. Like, and honestly, I wasn't even like a, a big blue cheese guy, but like it just tastes different here in Buffalo. Like, people don't understand that either. Like it's just, it's like it's all homemade here, like and they do it right. Like, and when you're dipping your wings in it, like it's it's different. This is from Bills Fan 21. Josh, have you ever played defense? And Vaughn, have you ever played offense? Yeah, so middle school up until seventh grade. All the way through seventh grade, I played safety too. Oh, that's crazy. So I started off as running back. I was juking guys out, and I was like getting hit all the time. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I want to want to play quarterback. So throughout practice, I would like grab a ball, and I'd always make sure I threw it back after a drill. And finally, the coach one day, it's like, you got a nice arm. You want to play wanna, quarterback? You want to play quarterback? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I would enjoy that. So started playing quarterback. 
peewee year, my second year in peewees. But I played safety up until my seventh grade year. Um, and then my coach was like, you know what? You might be playing this game for a while. No more, no more defense. Just so, worry about it. You know, the, yeah. the crazy thing is, right? I know you might laugh at this. My very first position was quarterback. Really? I always thought like I was going to be a quarterback. And even now you might see me at practice, like go through like my drops. I've and, seen like, it. I can come see in the center it. And, like, yeah. you know, give a fake handoff. And I, you know, I do an overhand pass, sidearm pass. Like, I just feel like I still got like that quarterback in my heart. And our game is, it's like a quarterback league. Like, and playing quarterback is really one of the most prestigious positions in all the sports. Like, so I've always wanted to be a quarterback. You know, it didn't happen my way. In my mind and in my heart, like, I feel like I'm a quarterback. And I feel like I connect with quarterbacks. That's why we got, like, the friendship that we have. That's why I feel like I'm rushing after quarterbacks. And that's why I'm always in a – I feel like I'm always in the right spot, whether they're stepping up or dropping back. I'm always there because I like to think like a quarterback. Situational football, I'm looking at the play clock. Like, I like to think, like, offensive coordinator, how are they trying to block us? You do try to, to jump us? all those play clocks, like, too. I, I, how, are they trying to, how are they trying to block us? Like, I always look at it from my offensive mindset. So my very first position was quarterback. I think um, that helps you, though. It does. It does. I, I like it a lot. And, you know, I got a son now. Like, I want him to play quarterback. I'm not going to force him. I'm not going to be like, you know, what's his Uncle Rico from, yeah, you know, I, yeah. from Napoleon Dynamite? I'm not going to force him. Does he have him. golf clubs yet? He has golf okay. clubs. He has these little toy golf clubs. You know, I, I want him to play golf. I want him to be a quarterback. But I'm not going to force anything. I'm just going to step out of the way and let him do his thing. Got one last question from Abby Harlow. How do we get to the Super Bowl this season? You know, I've been on, like, I've been on two Super Bowl teams before, right? And I've been on some good ones before. In 2012, I feel like that was the best team that I had with the Denver Broncos. Of course, we won it in 2015. But the most talented team that we had was in 2012. It ended up being a mile-high miracle in, in the division around the playoffs, and we lost that game. There's so many things that can happen, right? And I think that me being, like, the experienced guy, because this is what they, that's what they brought me in to be, is, like, to talk about Super Bowl and really put that energy Oh, my gosh. Like, and Coach McDermott, he says it perfectly. Like, when you start thinking about Super Bowl and the other games down the road, like, it's like drinking from a fire hydrant. It's just so much information. It's just so much to think about. It's so much expectation. Like, to get there, the teams that I've been on, how we got there is exactly what we're doing now. Like, taking it one week at a time, you know, being in the dogfight each and every week. In 2015, we won nine games within three points or less. So that game that we had, like, with the Baltimore Ravens and and the game that we had with the Miami Dolphins, it was like that for nine games of that season. So when we got to the playoffs, it it was a dogfight. It's, it's not how you win them. It's if you win them. Yeah, you, know, like, you got to win them. You know, we played the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they were running like in a division around in 2015. And we're driving down the field. They're getting ready to kick a field goal to win it. All of a sudden, Bradley Roby like punches the ball out. We get the ball. We go down and kick a field goal, and we win. Like It's those type of plays just being in those type of environments. All of that stuff has to happen for us to be able to win it. So even though we have these high expectations, I think exactly what we're doing now, taking it one week at a time, taking these small cups to drink out of, that's that's really how we get there. Yeah, I agree. And to win the lottery, you got to you gotta buy a ticket. Our ticket to win this lottery, you got to make the playoffs. Like that's, that's and again, that's that happens by taking it week by week. And Coach McDermott preaches playoff caliber. Like that's, that's our mindset every time we step up in the building. Man, Josh, man, I love you, man. I appreciate you for coming love on the podcast. That's all love and respect, man. I'll see you at work tomorrow, my guy. Let's do it. And that is the second episode of uh, Von Miller's Vaughncast. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Go Bills. Hey, guys.